The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Have you ever found weird things in a vagina? Have you found yourself needing multiple partners to fulfill your desires? Hey guys, I'm Dr. Jacqueline Walters, a board-certified OBGYN. It is so important that we know how and when to ask the right questions, whether you're in front of your doctor or just hanging out with your good girlfriends. Now, I wanted to create Dr. Jackie's point of view because sometimes you need to just hear the unfiltered good old Dr. Jackie. I will inspire, uplift, and educate women and men on the who, what, when, and where of things we balance daily. Make sure you subscribe to Dr. Jackie's Point of View and tune in every Thursday. Welcome to You're Gonna Love Me, the podcast where we open the eyes, the ears, and the hearts of anyone who has judged or been judged. Well, hopefully. I'm your host, Katie Maloney. everyone welcome back to an all new episode so i can hardly contain my excitement for my guest today because he is so iconic y'all <laughs> i have a bona fide movie star he is you know teen heartthrob he's an action star movie star you know him from movies like i don't know casper now and then final destination and he's going to be in the new chucky series coming this october on sci-fi i have a devon freaking sawa <laughs> well thank you that was quite an intro i don't even think i could do you justice in like a little intro like that but Aww. thank you so much for being here thanks for having me i was nervous to ask you why i mean i don't know because you could say no. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But, but here we are. I mean, this feels surreal talking to you, to be honest, because I've, I mean, I've been a fan of yours since I was like 10 and I'm 35 now. So <laughs> well, thanks for sticking in. It's been a long, crazy, crazy journey road. It's been, it's been fun. And but it's been a long career. And I mean, your yeah. entire breadth of work it's a variety, a variety yeah. of work because I'm sure a lot of people come up to you and they want to talk to you about Casper or now and then. I mean, what do most people want to talk to you about? It's different. I mean, for instance, I'm on a big press thing right now where I'm doing a lot of different, you know, magazines and shows and whatnot. And there's, you know, obviously a bunch of people that want to talk about the little giants and, and, um, now and then, and, and Casper and, you know, cause that stuff made, that made me who I am today. I mean, that's where I got my break. I had started acting at eight in theater and whatnot, but Casper was the first Hollywood project that took a shot at me. And then obviously I was in all those magazines for years and years and years. And so there's a lot of people that want to talk about that. And um, then there's a whole different crowd, you know, cause that, 18, I decided that I didn't want to be that guy anymore. I didn't want to be on the cover of Team Beat and Tiger Beat. And I wanted to do everything that was different, whatever I could to get out of that image. And that's why I started taking things like, you know, SLC Punk and Stan with Eminem and um, Idle Hands and, you know, the edgier, the better. I was 18, 19 years old and I didn't want to be talking about first dates and, and my <laughs> 
what, what kind of flowers I get my, you know, girlfriend or whatnot. So there's people that want to talk about those films, the horror films, the horror genre. And there's the people that want to talk about the other stuff, the Caspers and the now and this, but I'm cool with it all now at, at the age that I'm at, it all got me to where I am now. And I'm cool with it all. Yeah. I mean, you, I did want to ask you and you kind of did answer it. So looking back and also at the time, how did you feel about being a heartthrob? I live in Canada and the teen magazines didn't cross over as much while I was on them. So I would do, I would do those magazines and we had them kind of in Canada. There was, you know, but it wasn't as big as it was in America. It wasn't such a part of, you know, young people's, I guess, world. I mean, that was, it was big here in America. So I didn't feel it very much up there. I I just kind of went home and, and didn't feel it as much and didn't really realize how big it was until I did a movie called um, wild America with Jonathan Taylor Thomas. And, and they had to have these barricades and, you know, we got one time got chased in a limo by, by girls. And and that's when I first kind of realized the impact that these magazines were having. Um, I just wasn't witnessing it because I was up in Vancouver and it wasn't as big there. I mean, those were the times I kind of feel nostalgic for those times. They don't exist as much anymore. I mean, the nineties were those times. I mean, I, I had those times. I remember going to the grocery store with my mom and begging her to buy me the Tiger Beat magazines because, yeah. you know, those were the days of the the JTT and yeah. the, the Devon Sawa and yeah. Writer Strong. And you wanted to have the Backstreet Boys on your wall and all of that. I mean, right. I long for those days. Kids yeah. these days just don't know how we had it back then. Yeah, now, no. now we have Instagram, so you don't need that anymore. They don't... Yeah. It's not as special anymore. I mean, I feel (laughs) a lot of the, a lot of that stuff going to theaters and, you know, everything's kind of changing over, um, different times. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, and you also kind of answered it again. So as you got older, it was a conscious effort that you wanted to take certain roles to sort of change your image. You wanted to go become edgier. You know, you watch someone like Leonardo DiCaprio, who's on, who's on those covers too, but he was not by choice. They kind of just took pictures, press pictures from different movies of his and put them on there. And he, he had a really great management company. I didn't at the time I was, I was with, you know, whoever was representing me at the time. And it was, I think it was an agent that was on top of a theater company. And so they didn't, they just kind of said, team be sure, you know, away I went, but it got harder to get roles as, as I got older, because you're, you're kind of looked at it because they put anybody on those covers. It wasn't just actors. It was, you know, musicians. And so you got kind of lumped in with this, you know, group of people. So it became harder. And so then, so when I turned 18, 19, it was, I did everything I could to, to distance myself from that. And it was probably a smart thing to do because then, you know, I started, you know, I got the final destinations and I got the, you know, well, especially if you wanted to have career longevity and not have yeah. tweens chasing after you and wanted to be looked at for right. old, older roles and everything like that, because SLC Punk is like, such a great movie. I mean, I'm, pr- yeah. I'm probably one of those fans of yours. I will say that that is more of the garden variety that has seen <laughs> probably more of the movies. And Tom wanted me to mention that slackers is one of the most underrated movies yeah. ever. He watches it yeah. all of the time. The now and then is one of those movies that will stand the test of time. Yeah. And was, is there any like behind the scenes tea of that movie? Like where were people like hooking up in the trailer? Right. Now and then. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, what was going on? <laughs> unfortunately, I, I, I was a late bloomer when it came to like girls and stuff like that. And I, I feel like I was the only boy on set and there was these four 
beautiful young ladies, but I was into like, I don't know what I was into, but I wasn't, I don't know. I wasn't my time yet to like, <laughs> there was no deep stories. I know that they tried to make something out of it a few years ago in those magazines, I don't know, somewhere, but. You and Christina Ricci, you had like your on-screen sort of thing, but nothing off-screen. Nothing off-screen. <laughs> she was a, she was a good friend. Bummer for everyone that's. <laughs> yeah, I wish I had more. I wish I had some good stories. Um, I'm trying to think of any movies that I did. But no, there's no tea from those things. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I know that like you're really active on social media. Yeah, Is too that... active. I feel like I'm going to get myself into trouble one day and it's, it's something's going to haunt me. I, I, I tried to get rid of it actually at one point. I was like, I'm going to get rid of it. I'm going to get rid of Twitter and that's it. I'm done. It's not healthy. I'm going to get rid of it. I'm done. And then like, I got a call from my agents and it was right before something was coming out. And they're like, you can't get rid of Twitter. They need you to blah, blah, blah. So I got it going again. And here I am still. I do remember that. But I mean, like, but why? Why would you why want get to get rid of it? Yeah. Because I'm sensitive and every once in a while you get some, you get somebody that says something stupid and, and you're like, it, people are like, just ignore it. Who cares? Who cares what they say? But I'm just, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I understand that because you're only human and yeah. you know, cause, cause I know that you don't, you don't shy away from really anything and yeah. you will call trolls out, but so that's where I needed to stop. Is it fun as it got? And as fun as like, you know, a couple of the call outs became a viral thing where I said something to somebody and it was funny. I, I probably shouldn't. I probably should be. I feel like for me, I try not to engage because it's like, it's like feeding them. And the more you feed yeah. them, the more hungry they get. But it's like, I'll try to pick one and, and make an example out of them. Yeah. Yeah, no, I exactly what you mean. And just to get it out of my system. And so I was going to say, do you ever get affected by them? Or how, how does it like make you feel? Because I think sometimes often they forget that we are still human. And they that's what think, makes, yeah, that's what makes me fire back every once in a while is because I'm a human. And, and sometimes they say something that just crosses the line a little bit too much. And then I fire back. And then I got to realize that I have, you know, 200 thousand plus more followers than they do. And it's not really a fair game just because they did some horrible things. Doesn't mean I should be doing it too. I don't know. You, then, then you may see me like do the same thing in a week from now and, and everything I'm saying right now is total bullshit, but I try not to do it anymore. It's just not worth it. How do you think it would have been if you, if you had social media like earlier on in your career? I'm glad I didn't. You're dealing with a lot younger of crowd who are, probably willing to say a lot worse things and become a little bit crazier because there's hormones and they're young and they're, you know what I mean? And uh, I'm glad, I will tell you this, I'm glad there was no camera phones in my life between the age of 18 and 23 or the world would have seen some shit. You know That's because I mean? I'm curious because we, we didn't have like social media back in those days of those nineties of the tiger beat and all of yeah. that. So like, we don't get to see that sort of like, personal, not like personal life, but that voyeuristic sort of thing that we get to see with social media with celebrities these days. So like, what were you like really like back then? Well, the thing is, I'm sure that clubs, I haven't been to a club in a long time, but I'm sure that clubs and parties look a lot different nowadays because of camera phones. But when we went into a club back in, you know, the nineties, late nineties, when you pass that velvet rope into certain clubs, shit went now. There was like, <laughs> you didn't have to worry about anything. It was like all word of mouth that like, have to, there was no camera phones and, and mm. you, would, you know, there was all sorts of different people and probably got us into a lot more trouble. 
Yeah, I watched that Soleil Moonfry kind of documentary thing with like, she documented a lot with her and her friends back in the 90s. And it was right. pretty eye-opening. Right. Do you think you're, it would have looked like that if you had I saw some shit. I, I saw some shit. I, saw wow. some, I, was, I was involved in some shit. I mean, I'd been to the Playboy Mansion like four times by the age of 19. And like, I think that's why the Playboy Mansion died was because of the phones. Things went down in those places. And, and I don't know, I saw some shit for sure. So it's a blessing that you didn't have social media back then because, so you're fiery now, but you were more fiery back then. So you probably would have gotten to more. I'm a whole different human now. I have kids and I'm like bed at nine and and I've been sober for 15 years. I haven't. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I I really, you know, just kind of turned everything and went a different (laughs) route. I wore myself out. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I feel age catching up with me big time. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm not sober, but I just feel like I'm tired all the time and my energy is going downhill. I don't oh, even I'm have, sorry. I, I don't you even have, great. Oh, thank you. I mean, I don't have yeah. kids yet, but I'm just like, when people tell me something doesn't start till nine, I'm just like, are you crazy? Yeah. I went over to, I was working <laughs> in Hawaii and I was so excited because the sporting event that I was going to watch was now on at two in the afternoon and I have to stay up late anymore. I was like, Oh, this is great. Yeah. Like, what do I do until nine? Yeah. Like I get all my stuff done. And then by six I have dinner and then by eight I can like, you know, start turning it. Yeah. Uh, Wind down as I call it. Yes, exactly. But going, what was it? 21 years ago, TRL era, oh, the best era stan the music video mm-hmm. stan such a great song it was amazing eminem such an incredible artist and he chose you to do the music video and yeah. an amazing music video and your performance and it was amazing what did it like mean to you to do that music video it was a little bit of work to do it because at the time my agents who were actually still my agents today they didn't get it no one was doing music videos to be in a music video by Eminem, Eminem had one CD out, so they, no one really knew how big he was. He was it was it was really hard to convince people. I was a huge fan. I was a huge fan of Dr. Dre, and he was directing it. It's still to this day. I think it's one of my most favorite experiences in the business. I mean, to go to work and work with Dre and work with Eminem, and you know, D12 was there, and Cypress Hill was there, and it was like half the Lakers team was there. It was it was just this wild. And I was still in my party, my party mode back then. So it was a lot of fun. Wow. That's probably your like most memorable favorite experience on a job, on a project. One of the most memorable. I've had some, some, uh, equally memorable, equally favorite experiences, you know, shooting slackers, for instance, was, uh, Jason Schwartzman, him and Seth Green are still to this day tied for the best people to go to set and work with because the minute you get there, you're just, you're smiling from ear to ear and they're funny and great. And so, yeah. The opening for that movie is fantastic. Of Slackers? Yes. Yeah. I love it. It's that. a good film. I wish more people had seen it. It, it, it definitely grew legs and, and people come up to me more often nowadays and tell me about it. Anyone that hasn't seen that movie, just go watch it right now. It's hard to pick like your favorite movie you've done, but like, What's your favorite movie you've done? <laughs> Idle Hands, because I was given so much freedom to, to um, just explore this wacky, you know, physical comedy. 
Um, I did a movie recently called Hunter Hunter. It's my, it's my most, it's my most favorite of recent. But I think Idle Hands is still, SLC Punk was good. It just didn't, I was there for like two days. So it didn't last long enough. But your um, character that is so good. You're just such a like whacked out. Yeah. Yeah. I got, I, I got on the, so I did that last day with the big, the big spikes after the acid scene. And, and I went yeah. right from work. I put on my velour Tommy Hill tracksuit and got on first class on the, and rode back to like LA with these big green spikes and this velour tracksuit. It was just, it was great times. What was your least favorite movie to do? Um, there was a few movies. I took a break from the business for about six years, 2003, somewhere in there. I took a, I took a break. And just before that break, I was doing movies that I was, I was doing movies for paychecks. I was, yeah. it was like, because, because of Final Destination, a lot of these horror movies, like, oh my God, can, we'll give them this amount, we'll give them X amount of money. They'll come do this horror at night. And I'm like, you know, okay, party all night and do these movies during the day. And that's when I kind of realized I was burnt out and wanted to go home and try something different for a while. I mean, I feel like you kind of have stuck to doing these sort of like thriller sort of horror genre movies. Is that by choice? Do you like that yeah. type of role? Yeah. I try to do the horror as much as I can. Like I like to do independent films and I could, I'm not really into the rom-coms or anything like that. Slackers was the last comedy I did because I felt like I couldn't keep up anymore. I was working with, you know, Siegel and, and Schwartzman and, and they were they were improvising all this hysterical stuff. And I just felt like I couldn't keep up. I was like, these guys are way funnier than me. This is might not be my genre anymore. And I, and that's when I kind of veered off from that, but uh, yeah, I, I love horror. So I, I like watching it. So I might as well try to do it as well. What's you your know? favorite horror movie? Texas Chainsaw Massacre is probably up there. I like the shining man. There's so many I could go on for forever. I would say Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, yeah, uh, Devil's Rejects is, uh, I guess, the, the most contemporary one that I like. But, I mean, it all started with Casper, though. <laughs> yeah, it all started with Casper. It all stems from Casper. But, I yeah. mean, even though you were only the face. Mm -hmm. and it I know changed my whole life. It was really hard to break into the American market as a Canadian back then. I was working very, you know, very steady in Canada, but just on Canadian projects, all, all Canadian stuff. And there was no internet. So you couldn't, you know, you couldn't put yourself on digital tape and send down there. And so doing, um, additions for American projects, you would just pray that your VHS cassette was in the right FedEx package and made it to the right desk and was watched by the right people. And that that's, I just feel there's so much luck involved to getting Casper because they did like a nationwide search. There you go. And then, so it's like, but every time it's like, it's spooky season, it's like, it's your time to shine. And now it's, yeah. it's here it is again. And it's coming now to Chucky series. Yeah. And I yeah. watched the trailer and it looks really good. It is really good. I've seen the first four. I haven't seen them completely done, but I've seen like the rough cuts of the first four. It's old school Chucky modern day and it's beautifully shot and Don Mancini is a, a genius and it's it centers around a, a, a young gay relationship in high school and so it's it's just a great series it really is just a great series it premieres October 12th yes. yeah on sci-fi yeah. and, sci and USA simultaneously which is a, a first so whatever channel you want to tune into we have some of the original cast or, or like yep, some of the original got, plays we got Brad Dorff back to do the original Chucky voice. Jennifer Tilly is 
a damn legend and we've become great friends and I love her to death. And, and uh, the original uh, Chucky first two movies, the cast comes back and then the uh, show centers around four new young kids. And uh, they're, they're all such little stars. And who do you play in it? I play the main kids, father and uncle. I play twins. Oh, you're playing. Tw- I was like, how do you play two people? Yeah. Oh, you're playing twins. Yeah. So I play his alcoholic father and his, uh, his, I guess, highly successful, rich uncle. Oh, wow. Two, yeah. two characters. Do you ever have to play like in one like I shot? Did. Like I but- did. I did a scene where we, it's a, it's a dinner table scene and, and the uncle and the father are sitting right next to each other, having this full out argument. And it was so amazing to shoot. I would do it. Like I would get into this, these coveralls and grease stain in my hair. They put this beard on me. And I would hunched over and you just do all my lines to this, you know, stand in or whatever. And then I would go and change and get all cleaned up and shave and quaff the hair and turn around and do everything very proper. And, you know, and it was, and I saw it edited together. And I think it's one of the most satisfying things as an artist to see yourself acting with yourself. Oh my God. It was a lot of fun. That's so fun. So I'm, I'm really excited to watch this. Cause I mean, it, it does like yeah. CGI. I don't even know what. No, we, so the only CG, we, the only CGI we use in this is to get rid of the puppeteers. There's like one guy that controls the, the arms. There's like a girl that's got the legs and then one guy's on the, you know, uh, the mouth, there's the eyebrow, everybody's got their own position and they're all kind of hiding in the back. And so we'll shoot a plate shot and then get rid of those guys. The, the puppet, uh, I don't want to say public, man, it, it's all robotic and, and the skin is, they've used this new latex stuff. So the skin looks more real and, and it's just, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. So, it doesn't look like corny or cheesy. Like it no. looks real. It's creepy. Yeah. It's a very big budget. And a lot of the budget went to those Chucky dolls. There was a lot of them. There was a Chucky doll for every mood. <laughs> How many episodes is it going to be? Eight episodes. <gasps> all right. I'm excited. Yes. What, is there anything else we can know about it or no? We explore the origin story of how he became a serial killer, how what made him want to kill. And so that's a, that's the B storyline going on through the thing. And it's really kind of cool. Oh, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited about that. So October 12th, Mm sci-fi in USA. Cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is there anything else we can look forward to from you? I'm doing a lot of stuff going off to do a movie called consumed in Jersey that I, that I start in a week. And, um, was yeah, that your just, Jersey accent that you're working? On? No, did I No, Maybe, maybe, maybe a little bit. I, Jersey, there you go. Jersey. Jersey. Going off to Jersey. Jersey. I love yeah. it. Well, I like to end my episodes with a little, it's like a little segment called rage text of the day. Maybe this is like, you know, you do your tweets you can exercise a little bit of your tweets on this um, where you can like send a rage text to like a person, place or thing, something that's pissing you off and you can just let it know how you feel. I'm actually so, texting somebody. No. Well, te- so like a rage text. So, you know, have you ever sent a rage text to a person? No. So rage. Should I, <laughs> should I be rage texting? I didn't know, but this was a thing. You, you kids are like, uh, I can't keep up with you. Rage texting. Okay. Well, I've on, on the show, I've been okay. known to send a rage text or two where, you know, it's just like sort of an endless thing of, of rage text where I'm, it's not nice, you know, where you're just kind of giving it to somebody or just giving your peace of mind to a person. 
letting right. them know exactly how you feel. It's not really nice. It's just a, a fun thing to do where, you know, it's cathartic, you know? So if there's something or someone that's pissing you off and you want to let them know how you feel. Uh, like, I, there is actually somebody that's, there's, there's a dude at the gym. All right. Yeah. That, that, uh, refuses to wear his mask at the gym, right? Because we're done. We're, we're wearing masks in the gym. We're supposed to. Nobody does, but we're supposed to. Wear. And I can ignore him, whatever, for not wearing the mask. But dude looks like he wants to fight anybody that wants to look at him weird for not wearing the mask. And I would like to rage text that guy and mm-hmm. tell him just whatever the rage is, the whatever the, the hottest lingo, the rage. But uh, yeah, that guy, that guy is uh, today. That the... Uh, the bro at the gym that wants to fight people because he's not wearing his mask. Fuck that guy. Yeah, fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. <laughs> oh, amazing. Devin, thank you so much. This has been such an honor and pleasure for like forever. Thank you. Thank so you much. very much. Hopefully I'll come back and, and talk about something else one day. I would be honored. So let everyone know where they can find you on social media for all the entertainment. Uh, yeah, I think D.Sawa on Instagram and Devin E. Sawa on Twitter. That's my two. I don't use anything else. I don't do the TikTok. Uh, Facebook is not, I don't do Facebook. Um, I think I have a Facebook for families, but those are the two that I, that I got into. Perfect. And don't forget to watch Chucky series on October 12th on Sci-Fi in USA, y'all. Thank you very much. Thank you. And um, y'all, until next time, I love you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating and review, follow along on social at Music Kills Kate, and tune in next week for an all new episode. 